All right. Well, welcome to this episode of the Text Tech Edition of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jackson Moody, and we have a good episode. It's kind of been a roller coaster. It started uh, with a big downhill drop for us this basketball season, and then we got a good win against, uh, okay win against LSU, great win against Iowa State, dropped two straight, and then last episode I was saying that Mark Adams should be on the hot seat because mainly because of stuff behind the scenes coupled with his play on with the play on the court now after what we saw the last two days you, you just gotta give him a lifetime contract not really not really but it was a great week for texas tech saturday they beat kansas state 71 63 on texas tech a day after texas tech centennial two days after both zach thomas got in the hall of fame and patrick mahomes won the nfl mvp then the next day, Patrick Mahomes wins another Super Bowl and a Super Bowl MVP. And Texas on Big Monday, prime time at 8 p.m. Central Time, beats Texas 74-67 on ESPN. And I got to say, this was as impressive as a, of a performance from start to finish as we have seen out of Texas Tech this season. And now, that means that Texas Tech's playing for something. Uh, the NCAA tournament's a long, long shot. You got a 5% chance to make it, according to T-Rank. But, look, the players in the locker room obviously haven't given up. Um, we'll see. They go to Morgantown. But we'll recap the games, talk about Texas Tech's very slim path to the NCAA tournament and what this win over Texas and Kansas State meant for Mark Adams. All right, so that win over Kansas State, it was impressive and I don't want to bury the lead with Texas but this is a top 15 win too you got to talk about it I'll go quick on it but that went over Kansas State on Saturday wow you outshot them from the field uh 41.8 percent to 35.2 you outshot them from 328 to 23.1 which not great marks from the three but not bad uh you were better from the free throw stripe you got outdone on the offensive boards. Turnovers were a major issue. 18 turnovers. Jalen Tyson had five. Um, Lamar Washington had four. He's he's had a tough past week. But you turn them over 23 times. Marquise Noel, uh, the Deuce Vaughn version uh, for Kansas State basketball, turned the ball over seven times. It was just all around a solid performance. Elijah Fisher actually started this game for Tech which I thought was notable, got 13 minutes, uh, got two points out of it. It seemed pretty quality minutes. I thought he was even better against Texas. Uh, K.J. Allen, you had him going in double-digit minutes. Same with Robert Jennings. A lot of young guys seeing playing time. Lamar Washington getting 19 minutes. Guy like that, Jalen Tyson, a starter again, got 11 or 33 minutes with 11 points. It was a good performance for Texas Tech. It really was. Um, your defense looked good. Your defense looked good. You held them to 26 points in the first half. Uh, they were even with you in the second half, but you still outscored them 38-37. It was nice to see, you know, the teams waking up at halftime. Um, not that they were asleep in the first half. Obviously not. They were up by seven. But it, it's been a while since we've seen Tech be really good in the second half for back-to-back -back games. Of course, other than that Iowa State game, and they were pretty good against Oklahoma State in the second half. Um, but moving on from there, that was a huge win. That cooled a lot of the Mark Adams uh, talk, 
And then last night against Texas. And look, it doesn't matter what the records are. Doesn't matter, frankly, how good Texas Tech is, what the program looks like, or how Texas looks like as a program. If you get a win over them, it's a great win. And I feel like we, it's weird. We match up really well with Texas. And I don't quite get it because they have uh, Mitchell, they have Disu, uh, they have Timmy Allen, all bigs, Brock Cunningham, that guy's a liability. It was beautiful to see him miss that bunny to ice the game. And then they have Bishop, and you were without Bacho, who's still injured. You had Amac, who is very much not 100% in shape. And I mean, if you saw pictures of this guy, uh, like this time last year, a little bit later than that, this guy was in great shape. Um, it's kind of weird watching him run right now. Obviously, a big man with a broken foot. You're not getting a ton of cardio in. Uh, so hope he'll regain that shape at some point. Kevin O'Banner, uh, he's your other forward. He got 36 minutes in this one. Fardaw's got 28. And uh, KJ Allen got a few minutes at eight. Robert Jennings got seven minutes. I, I'm i going to be honest. Going through the box score, I'm kind of surprised Jennings only got seven minutes. I thought he was more productive uh, than just getting seven minutes. And then you saw the young guys play again. Jalen Tyson, 23 minutes. And Jalen Tyson has really high potential. He's had a rough couple games. He did some good things right. He got in foul trouble early. He picked up two fouls before the first media timeout, which hurt him. Um, Elijah Fisher got 17 minutes, and actually he was a plus, uh, I believe, either two or four points for the game when when he was on the court. Lamar Washington, he only got nine minutes. I I got to say, Lamar Washington being at in at the end of the game um, – and only getting nine minutes, he didn't quite earn those minutes. He he does a lot of good defensively. He's still a freshman. He's still developing. But he had five turnovers in nine minutes. He had one shot, uh, one total rebound, and five turnovers with three assists. So he did that well, but that's still not a good ratio. Demarion Williams actually gave you a lot this game. He only got five points, but I thought he was super solid defensively. It, it was just, I mean... Texas Tech got out to a hot start. I believe it was seven nothing lead. Texas Tech or Texas quelled that really quickly, took the lead back, and then Texas Tech kind of just hung in there until they, towards the end of the second half, could get on a run. And that shot by Devion Harmon, who by the way had a career night, a career night, thirty four minutes, nine of seventeen from the field, three of four from three, hit all four of his free throws, and twenty five points, a career high for him. Look, Devion Harmon the past three weeks has been playing out of this world. Like, seriously, he's been out of this world since Pop Isaacs went went out. And I think we all prefer Pop Isaacs over him a little bit, uh, at least potential-wise. But Devion Harmon also has a year left to come back. He's super close with Steffi. Uh, there's a good chance that we see him back playing for Texas Tech next year. And I will say, after this game, he had a tweet saying, make sure that your disres- or your apologies as loud- out as your disrespect was. I will still say we are still last in the Big 12. Um, we're still only 3-10. and 10. But, to be fair, he's been, out- he's been playing sensationally these last three weeks. So I want to apologize for saying he needs to play 15 to 20 minutes. 
heck, if he's going to play like this, he can play 40 minutes. I'd say that he could average more than 40 minutes, but we're not going to overtime ever if he's playing like this. Um, that was just an insane performance, and it got ugly late. It got pretty dicey late in this game. You know, we had a pretty decent-sized lead, and it felt like in just a minute, Texas completely cut that gap. It was tied, and AMAC found O'Banner down low, and I was thinking at the time, if there is ever a time to pass up a layup and just go with a two-handed slam and hang on the rim a little bit, it is then. That's when you get your crowd back in it. That's when you get your bench in it. That's when you take the momentum back from Texas. They, they had two, three, count the defensive plays. They had like five good plays in a row on us. And one play, and you got the crowd back in it. And whew, that, that was beautiful. That was a game-changing moment. Because if you don't get that, if that play doesn't happen there, Texas has all the momentum with a little under four minutes to go. Probably going to get a media timeout soon. And all the momentum's with Texas. Instead, AMAC finds O'Banner, two-handed slam, and the crowd's going nuts. And it felt like it, it It felt at the start of the game that Texas Tech could just pour it on. And then up four with about two and a half to go, it was AMAC to O'Banner again, this time for an alley-oop. At that point, it's a six-point game. You're feeling good. It, quite frankly, feels like it's getting close to over at that point. And then Texas comes down. It's a five-point game, under a minute to go. They have an inbound pass under the goal. And I will say, I have no clue, no clue why Texas is drawing up a play for Brock Cunningham there. And I know he made a great play on us in the Big 12 tournament defensively with under a minute to go to turn that game when we were up one. But, man, <laughs> You're giving it to Brock Cunningham. And now, to be fair, it was a great play design. And Brock Cunningham just completely misses a bunny. I don't even think he got rim on this one. Just a complete missed bunny. Um, like, watching it again, and I'm going to go through this because I think we all, hey, whether you agree with me on the Adam stuff, you don't believe the behind the scenes, whatever. We all hate Brock Cunningham. I mean, that's, that's got to be the dirtiest player in the Big 12. I'm sorry. It's just got to be. I know Chris Beard called him an all-time Big 12 great. I think he's an all-time Big 12 dirty player. Yeah, I'll censor myself there. But he did everything wrong. He, did, he didn't do one thing wrong. He did everything wrong. He gets the pass. He can immediately go up and not get contested. Instead, he takes the ball, does like an extra step, goes down with it, then decides to go up when AMAC has time to close, and it's still a shot you gotta make. It's still it's still not a tough shot. You know, if there's a guy two inches on me and I'm coming from that position, that's still a sh shot that I should be able to make. But this guy just completely airmails it, whiffs it, game over. Brock Cunningham, see you later. Um, I'm glad that you were out there flashing the horns up, embracing the hate last year. Uh, you squandered that opportunity, and then you had a chance to get your team back in the game, and you squandered it again. Um, and then after that, or one more bad play by Brock Cunningham. One more bad play. There was that one where he just whipped the ball into his own bench. There was nobody there. I don't know if you thought somebody was making a cut. I don't know what goes through that guy's head 99% of the time, especially on that one. I, I, I have no clue what he was thinking there. But, man, the, the way this game went, with Texas being number six, you needed a win. And 
Does this win change your season? A little bit. Um, it's a nice bullet point, and it's a win the players deserve. And you know, I know some people were criticizing us for rushing the court and against Kansas State. And to be fair, Kansas State has played like the worst team in the Big Twelve. Um, we're back to last in the standings because they couldn't get it done against OU and kind of got blown out in Norman, which is not a tough place to play. But that one, <laughs> that that one deserves a court storm in there. That you, you beat number six Texas at home, get your second straight top twenty-five win. You have a little bit of hope still alive to make it to the NCAA tournament. That one deserves a court storming all day. Also. One thing on this game, everything went right for Texas Tech today. And it's kind of appropriate playing West Virginia next, who made a bunch of bank shots at the USA earlier uh, in the year against us. But we banked two threes in. And then I think the funniest one was when Fardos Amax basically did a chest pass against the backboard. I guess when you're that tall, you can kind of get away with it. You're going to get the arc on it anyway, and it can come down. I I don't know how it went in. I mean, I don't know what he intended on that. I have no clue, and I'll talk more about Fardals later and what he did by coming back. Um, I have no clue um, what Fardals was trying to do there. I, I think it was intended as a shot, maybe trying to hit a floater and didn't get it up high enough or whatever i don't know if he's been practicing that because he has to stay stationary on when he was on his scooter or in the boot or whatever but you know what whatever it is it was two points and he was a key piece for us today but overall great week for text tech huge um starting really with thursday with zach thomas getting in the hall of fame with patrick mahomes winning the super bowl mvp or not super bowl then nfl mvp uh, Friday, you had our 100th centennial. Saturday, you beat a top 15 Kansas State team at home in front of allegedly a sold-out crowd. It was a pretty good crowd. Um, then S- Sunday, Patrick Mahomes wins his second Super Bowl, leads a second-half comeback, and wins Super Bowl MVP. And then Monday, you beat Texas. And I think that's the perfect way to cap off the week. I know there was some baseball news uh, that I'll get into a bit later. Um, I, I honestly didn't know it was news. I, I had kind of heard that stuff before, but, um, we got baseball starting this week too. So I just want to talk, uh, before I get into baseball, um, about our performance or about this season as a whole, about where we're going. So first off, I did go on quite a long rant on why Mark Adams should be on the hot seat and every reason there is to get rid of him and to be fair winning is the best deodorant winning cures all ills it's the best mess and there is i know that chris beard towards the end was not exactly loved by a lot of people uh close to the program um after that final four run i know that something's changed with him but mark adams and i i get all the supporters who are dunking on the people saying that he for getting on him for being fired um the things i saw that there's really not much criticism on his x's and o's now there was bad recruitment um there were players that don't fit the system that well um they are developing to be fair this is a young team and there have been injuries it's not as young as a team as you would think 
A lot of teams have had injuries. Baylor, TCU, West Virginia had a bunch of eligibility issues. Um, this win helps. This win helps me feel better about the program, but you're nowhere near out of the doghouse yet. There are still issues with donors. I, I, I know that to be true, that there's issues with donors. I know people will say it's message board rumors, but when when the horse is telling you something, you got to listen to the horse. Um, and, you know, winning a game like this, if this team can finish even 6-12 and 12 in Big 12 play, even 5-13 and 13, but look pretty competitive uh, down the stretch, it, you're going to get a lot of turnaround there. That This win helps a lot with that. Beating Texas is always going to make it easier for people to buy into you. Um, the X's and O's look good. Uh, the second half has been a lot better. Really the last three games, since that Baylor game, which it was a disaster of a second half. Um, against Oklahoma State, second half wasn't bad against Kansas State and Texas. I know you got outscored by Texas in the second half, but it really wasn't a bad second half. Uh, it looked good. It looked really good. And Mark Adams, uh, I think on – it was before the Kansas State game that I realized he was getting – probably be getting at least another year he he's definitely on his way to really earning that but for the people that are saying that we're overreacting to a bad season it, it truly is not about this as being a bad season my problem with this is where does the future of the program go and in this day and age in nil you do need donors you do need players and now if Mark Adams can even finish 5-13, and 6-12, and 12, whatever it is, you're not going to the tournament with those records. But if you can finish 6-12 and 12 and you can keep most of your players and get, get a lot of buyback in from donors, then yeah, the program's heading in the right direction. Yeah, y'all have a young team. Um, everything's looking uh, okay with the donors, that which... Nowadays in NIL, it is crucially important to have donors. And, you know, you have a lot of young players developing. You're keeping the core group. Um, all things are good. All things are good. Now, if that doesn't happen and there's an exodus, it, it's going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. And, and Mark Adams will be here next year for that problem at this point. Um, but, yeah, if there is an exodus, which there's been people saying there is, and you know what? Earlier in the year, there were stories that the locker room was lost, and it certainly kind of looked like it uh, in December and early January there. It doesn't look like it right now. Um, and uh, just from a European soccer thing, one thing they say, if the manager loses the locker room, he's gone. If Mark Adams was able to bring that locker room back, then heck, he can bring the donors back too. So we'll see where it goes from there. But on our NCAA tournament hopes, what we have left is an early game at West Virginia, which is going to be a tough one. West Virginia uh, has struggled as of late. If you watch them, I believe it was against Iowa State. They looked really good at home. They beat OU at home. They clocked OU at home. They beat them by 32. They've been really good at home this year. Um, it's going to be a tough one. That's a tough place to play. If you win that... Then you go to Norman, and yeah, I know Norman's not supposed to be. No road games are easy, but at Norman's, not bad. If you play TCU, 
if either Lampkin or Miles are injured, that's a different game. If one of those two are injured, it's a different game. I mean, I think they were losing either one or both of them earlier in the season, and they lost Northwestern State. They kind of lost both at uh, sometimes same time, sometimes different time. They're kind of in that situation again. They're, they're just not a good team with Miles and Lampkin. Um, you should be able to get that one. It, if you can win those three, you go to Lawrence on the last Tuesday of the season with a chance to get with a chance to really really make a statement and probably get into the NCAA tournament. The way I look at it is Texas needs to win seven games, go seven and eleven, and then get two wins in the Big Twelve tournament. Uh, so no, some numbers I have for y'all here uh, as I pull these up. I'm sorry about this, but I know seven and eleven in the Big Twelve since they've gone to ten teams. Eight teams have gone seven and eleven, and two of them two of them have made the tournament. One of those was was Iowa State last year. But the difference was Iowa State was undefeated in the non-con and had a great non-con. There was really no question of if they were going to the tournament. It was kind of like, okay, are they going to the first four or are they going straight in? They went straight in, made it to the Sweet 16. OU had a tougher non-con stretch. They didn't go undefeated. They went 7-11, won a game in Kansas City, beat Baylor. Baylor was banged up. Baylor probably didn't mind going home after one game in Kansas City with all their injuries last year, but they still got a win over Baylor, and they missed the tournament. They were squarely on the bubble, though. The majority of the time, and it is a slight majority, 8 of 10 gets you in. This is a better Big 12 than we have seen before, and despite us having a bad non-conference, we only had two losses. We had no bad losses. 8 and 10 in the Big 12, which would mean we went out should get us in. 6 and 10, you probably got to win the Big 12 tournament. 7 and 11, and you'll win two games in Kansas City. I think you're in. And right now, I know we're sitting in 10th. If we get to 7 and 11, we're likely in that 8 9 matchup. Maybe Kansas State continues to struggle. I mean, they certainly can. I believe they're 7 and 7 in conference right now. They may be, but they may be worse than that. But. If you go 7-11, you get in that 8-9 matchup, probably play like a West Virginia, you win that one, you get the one seed. And my concern is there's three teams that can be the one seed. Kansas is one of them. If our one loss down the stretch, and by the way, our last game is home to Oklahoma State, who's a problem, um, but we seem to match up well with them. If... If it's Kansas and you already lost Kansas, it's really hard for a team to beat you three times. I think you have a better chance uh, at beating Kansas. At That would be Thursday. The game's normally about 2.30 on a Thursday in Kansas City than you do on a Tuesday night in Allen Fieldhouse. So I'd feel okay with that one. Texas, I think we match up really well with Texas. And it doesn't quite make sense that we do. I don't understand how we do. Their big should be able to dominate us. I think our guard plays really good. And Pop Isaacs looks like he's coming back soon. Uh, Pop Isaacs uh, posted on his Instagram. By the way, anybody worried about the Daniel Bacho body language? He looked pretty happy uh, after after the game outside the arena. But Pop said that he'll be back soon. Hopefully he's back on Saturday. It's certainly a possibility. Um, and... 
you, you have a chance to beat their guards. Tyrese Hunter, that was his best game he's ever had against Texas Tech. And he's played Texas Tech, I believe, five times now. Three times with Iowa State last year and now twice. Um, Tyrese Hunter went three of eight from the field. He had nine points, and that was probably the best game he's had against Texas Tech. Marcus Carr, he was good. He had 23 points, but he was really the only guy that did damage to you. And then there are other guards. I know Morris had a nice dunk, whatever. He slammed that. Okay, I'm not making that joke. And then Rice is a really good shooter. He can exploit the no middle defense. He he could be a problem. But I think that you can out you can outmatch them on the guards. You can probably outmatch them on the wings a little bit. And then you su- survive with your big play, especially if Bacho's back by then to give you some depth. If Jennings can give you 10 minutes, if K.J. Allen could even give you 5 minutes, and I don't know if K.J. Allen's good, but, man, he looks really good some of the time. <laughs> he has, like, five-second stretches where he's just insane. I remember he had one against Texas again uh, on Monday night. But if you get Texas or Kansas, I think you feel okay about your odds. You'd rather have Texas win the Big 12, and I know we don't want to say that. But if we're in that 8-9 matchup, if we're at 7-11, and that's a game to go to the tournament, Texas can lift the Big 12 title if we get a chance at, at them in that 1-8 matchup. And then the last team that we could play is Baylor. And honest to God, I don't think you can beat Baylor. I like watching them twice in Lubbock when they were still banged up. I know we've been banged up too, but they were just a better team throughout in that game. And then in Waco, they just dominated us. I... I don't know if you can beat Baylor. You know, it's going to be Kansas City, 2.30 p.m. on a Thursday. Maybe something weird happens. Hopefully something weird happens if you play them. But, yeah, I'm rooting for Texas and Kansas, one of those two, to win the Big 12, get that one seed. And, you know, hopefully we gave Kansas a lot. But if not, and we get to play them in the 1-8, and we're sitting at 7-11, got a Big 12 tournament winning chance to go to the tournament, you're in good shape. And also at this point, the NIT is looking a lot more realistic than it did a week ago. A week ago, it looked like we'd be lucky to get into the NIT. Now, it kind of looks like we're, we're, if we stay on this pace, we're probably going to the NIT. If we go two and three down the stretch, we probably get into the NIT. And tell you what, I wouldn't mind this team staying together. Um, if it helps keep players here long term, that's even better. Um and that's going to do it on basketball. I, we have a big game Saturday against West Virginia. We win that one. We're really talking about possible NCAA tournament. And that game against TCU will be hostile. And I think it's a good matchup for us. But moving on, we have baseball starting finally. And we have some bad news. Uh, yeah, we, we, we can't get a, through a show without any bad news. I, I'm sorry. It's just not possible. Um, this one, I didn't know it was breaking news, and there is a silver lining. Uh, infielder Jake Ducart um, and Jack Washburn, the right-handed pitcher, will miss the 2023 season because of injury. People I know closer to that, and I think they told me that like a month ago. Um, yeah, it, it, it's not good. We're deeper than last year's team. It, it's not a loss that we can't overcome. Uh, guys are just coming in beat up so much through travel ball this happens more and more often um i think a lot of top five teams i saw that they had starting pitchers out for the season i think texas lost a starter for the year i think one of their top two stars for the year heard about that this week um 
it is what it is. Um, we're a deep team. We're a young team. Um, Omaha, not quite the expectation for this team this year. It's certainly doable. Certainly very doable. You have a lot of talented pieces. You have some good experience coming back. The bullpen really grew up um, in that Statesboro Regional last year. So a lot of reason for optimism. They start out Friday at 1 p.m. They play again Saturday and Sunday, both at 1, and then finish that series with Gonzaga on Monday. Should be an exciting season. Um, the, it's going to be a decent test for them. Good start to the year. And then early March, we get the Shiners Classic where we play Rice, Michigan, and AM. And by the way, we got two 11 a.m. games on Friday and Saturday. And then the one day... You don't want a night game on Sunday. You play AM at 7. But you know what? It will be fun to watch. Um, it's going to be an interesting baseball season. Basketball is finally around in the quarter. Football is always looking good right now ever since the season ended. And it's only getting better. And uh, we have a talented baseball team, a young baseball team, and a team that could very well factor into the Big 12 title race. It's going to be a lot of wait and see with this baseball team. Basketball, you're coming down the stretch. You got to get four of these last five and give yourself a chance in Kansas City. Um, but that's going to do it for today. Uh, I hope that I'm coming to you next week. Actually, before I do that, real quick, by the way, on Fardaw's AMAC, this guy has shocked me twice this year. This guy has shocked me twice this year. I, I did not think that he'd play at all for us this season after he looked like he was transferring. Came back, played, played well, got injured again. I said I didn't think we'd ever see him play for Tech again. Um, came back, played well. I, If you asked me a week ago what his percent chance of returning next season is, I would have said less than 1%. Now it's 50-50. The guy shocked me three twice. Might as well do it a third and just come back next year. But that's going to do it. Hope that I'm coming to you next week talking about some huge road wins over West Virginia and Oklahoma.